Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Hi, Mitch. I'm doing uh, well. Maybe everybody remembers Dave. Welcome to Everyday Meeple. Welcome back to Everyday Meeple, Dave. Oh, thanks, Mitch. Uh, it's nice to be back. Dave, Dave is a, a local fixture in the r- small, budding role-playing uh, community and was one of the original hosts of Everyday Meeple. If you go back and listen to the original podcasts online, you will find Steve, Dave, and Mitch talking about everything Meeple. So uh, Dave's going to fill in for Steve again. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. It's great to be back. I've, I've really missed it. It's just, it's, uh, it's um, you know, I got a dog and I put more time into my role-playing games and all sorts of stuff. But, uh, and I didn't, pl- I, I'm not playing or buying as many games as, as you and, and, and Steve. And I certainly don't spend as much time online or kickstarting things, but I really miss um, playing more games. And, I, and now that the dog's a little older now, he's almost two years, he's going to be two years old next week. Um, you know, so, uh, and it's been easier to like leave him alone for longer and I can trust him now. So, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing more games when the... Um, Isn't everybody. Yeah, absolutely. But, and, and, and I just want to say, because I don't know if you've mentioned it on, because uh, I haven't heard all of the back episodes uh, yet, uh, but I am so looking forward to getting back and uh, playing uh, Acquisitions Incorporated Clank. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have it. With, with it's funny. Uh, before uh, everybody started getting settled into their homes, mm-hmm. we were talking about Clank uh, Acquisitions Incorporated every week, and then and then we have we barely and we talked about it a couple weeks after not playing it because it just kept coming up. But mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be uh, yeah. We'll get there. Well, we were playing it every week, and every we're week playing was it every so week. yeah. It was yeah, and, and every lives. week there was something happening that was really. Uh, really fun or different, or you know, even if it was kind of slightly, it did kind of change the game. So, but because I, it's I a legacy everything. game, you know, you can talk about it uh, as an experience, but you can't really tell people what's going on. So, it's yeah, pretty fair funny. enough. Because there have yeah. been the amount of uh, happiness that's come out of that box, the amount of surprises where you think you know Clank, you think you know everything is going to be expected, and then. <laughs> it's been it's been so much fun mm-hmm. and i'm trying to remember who it was with but on a whim after we started playing it but and before covid i'm pretty sure i busted out just basic clank well i've got the i've got the undersea expansion um or uh whatever that one's the undersea treasures or uh sunken or it is. treasures sunken treasures thank you um but i think i just busted it out and played a game and i hadn't played the base game in ages and it's still so much fun and it's it's one of those games when we when we first met uh that i bought and and, and steve we steve already had it and it was before we kind of kind of had that weird unofficial thing where like if one of us is going to buy a game two of us wasn't necessarily going to you know, uh, have it as well. Seems kind of in the collective. Um, uh, That's why I ended budget. up with Clank in Space. Clank in Space, which I've only played once, and I'd really like to try that one again because I think Clank uh, again, um, and just playing playing Acquisitions Incorporated just made me remember how great the basic game still is, and it doesn't get enough attention like a lot of games on our shelves. It's weird. It uh, it got so much attention. We talk about it all the time, and so we've everything we're saying, we've said. Uh, at least three times, but whenever we first bought Clank, we played it all the time. It it yeah. worked great. Uh, we were getting to, everybody was getting together a lot more then, yeah. and like we played it probably once at almost everybody's house, and usually played it two or three times in a row. I brought it two or three out, times. So I brought it two or three times down to Ducky's, down to the local pub here, and 
And uh, well, most people will know it if you're listening to CHMA, of course. But uh, yeah, I brought it down to Duckies when we used to have the Tuesday night game nights a couple times. And it was the type of game, even though it had that fantasy thing that people who were just showing up to play any kind of board game, I think really enjoyed it. I think it's it's just got a fun fun mechanism. And and of course, Dominion was a game that had circulated through that group. So the idea of a deck builder was kind of at least a familiar concept with a lot of well, those people. The learning curve on Clank is so short, so yeah. smooth that... Yeah. You know, even if you've never played, I mean, it's a good stepping stone to to move someone to Dominion. You sure, know, it's it's so exactly. simple and so uh, clean to learn. Mm-hmm. Where where the the mechanics that get set out in Dominion are are even even more simplified in Clank, and then you have the the visual idea of what you're doing with the cards to mm-hmm. to give people a little more comfort, where you're not just dealing with the cards. So you're you know you're you're use your cards to move use your cards to buy the stuff and like, i don't know i think it's a great stepping stone i think uh eldorado is your is your quest for eldorado is the the best uh teach someone <laughs> deck building game and then clank and then and then dominion why not but i mean and you can also start with dominion because that's not yeah. very complicated no, and, I don't and, know what I'm well, saying. I, We're going in a weird circle of. Uh... I, I know, and I and I played Dominion for years before I played Clank. Like it was a game that me and me and my ex wife played ad nauseum, and and had a number of expansions, and and you know uh, we kind of would pick a game and cycle through it over a number of months, and just play it obsessively, like three, four, five games a day, like two or three over supper, one with breakfast, kind of thing. But you know, uh, but but again, and I grew up with Matt, and I know we talked about this, and I played a couple of games. Um, and, and that's that's another thing interesting because I know you, we probably want to talk about the topic, but I was thinking today when I was making my list of of, of filler games, of short games, that uh, I should really, really take some time during the pandemic, go through some of my Magic cards, whip up six or eight 60 card decks, because Magic is, you know, if you know how to play, or, or even if you don't, um, you can have a really quick game of one-on-one Magic because usually I find one-on-one with magic, it's so lopsided that one person will kill the other person in, in a few minutes. Anyway. I, I was I was thinking about that, and I want, I'll probably want to come back to magic because sure. I, I'm not sure how I've settled on one side of the fence or another. But before we even get, get there, and that was going to yes. be a great segue, even with, with Dominion, <laughs> where you right. were saying, uh, we'd play it right, right after breakfast kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I just there's one thing in the news that I just wanted to uh, clear off the thing before we uh, spiral away. Uh, a few episodes ago a few sundays ago uh i had mentioned that oh wait i gotta find my notes here sorry i got uh, i'm on the wrong page uh the naspa the north american scramble players association uh i had mentioned it a few weeks ago where uh to try and find out how they could support black lives matter uh the north american uh scrabble players association was trying to figure out what they could do and i'd mentioned where in in like 94, I think Hasbro had 200 plus uh, slurs and, and just garbage words basically removed from the Scrabble dictionary, but they left them in tournament play. Mm-hmm. And during that episode, I had said, I hope we, I hope we get to hear how it's resolved because it was just an interview uh, right. with, with what's his name? Uh, John Chu, who's the CEO. Right. And you were saying this had been a long standing. Yeah. Well, issue. Since 94, right. they, it, it wasn't in the dictionary, but it was always in tournament play, 200-plus uh, garbage words, as I said. Right. And just just this week, uh, Hasbro has come forward and said that they're going to follow through with it, and they're, yeah. they've banned it from official tournament play, and they've changed a rule 
in the actual Scrabble rules. So slurs of any kind are no longer permitted. So it's oh. like using a proper noun, not permitted. Using slurs of any kind are no longer permitted in the in the Scrabble rules. And there's it was reported in like the New York Post and uh, I think uh, Slate had an article on it. Like really short blurbs, but it got mentioned, which is what I was hoping for. And well, that's great. They put it right in the rule book. I think that's really important. That's more oh, totally. than just removing the words, right? That's like you know, yeah, yeah. It's great. I, there's a this weird irony where uh, the Scrabble app got sort of switched from one one company to another so there's a new scrabble go then the old scrabble app for the phones and stuff got discontinued and they put out the the new version from this other company and they tried to make it like candy crush where all these things could happen and you could buy upgrades and all this stuff and people were like oh yeah where, i took where that off scrabble? my phone. but i guess part of that was uh people were upset that they couldn't use all of the official words so they they pushed to get all of the official words put in. And then uh, soon after that, they were like, well, you know, a lot of people, and people are still mad. People are like, why can't I use these words? But, you know, people are like that. So the, there was a shift where they, they wanted all the words. And then right after that, they had to take, you know, almost 300 words out. Well, 236 words, I think, which is great. So that's, I just wanted to touch on that, that it did seemingly get resolved. Well, <laughs> resolved is maybe not the right word, but Hasbro followed through. And uh, and they are no longer part of the game, which is great. Yeah, I'd say that's resolved. The 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 specific. Yeah, issue. well, it, it's okay, hard to say resolved for an issue that is an ongoing sure. uh, cultural sure. touch sure, point of, of. Yeah, you know that's true. Yeah, because yeah. people. Yeah, but anyway, I wanted to get I wanted to get that out of the way, and then Good. whenever I was inviting you back to to co-host, I said, uh, "Well, we could talk about filler games," mm-hmm. and you said, "What's a filler game?" And I was like, what do you mean? What's a filler game? But so the idea of a filler game, just to sort of for everybody, uh, would be say you're say you're planning a big game night and people are coming over at seven o'clock and some people show up and some people don't. Uh, a filler game is a game that you can fit sort of before people show up in between games. Say you play one big game, you play another big game or when people start leaving at night, you just have another quick game. That's the idea of a filler game. Like it's not a specific uh, type of game right so usually it would be anything with a with an easier complexity so like on the bgg scale a five is the highest sort of complexity so people are saying around two or less for a complexity rating and then exactly. a time time frame of like you know 20 minutes or less but some some games that say they're 30 minutes will you can cruise through them if everybody knows the game and everybody plays the game all the time a 30 minute game is going to take 15 20 minutes anyway so that's sort of the the broad brushstrokes of of what's sort of meant by a filler game. And again, it, a filler game isn't necessarily a type of game. So anything can be a filler game if it sort of fits in that criteria. And that's where I found, I was going through and just trying to, what are my favorites? And there's some really weird ones because like uh, Melissa and I will play a big game, like we'll play Coimbra one night and it's not- What's it called, you know, sorry? Coimbra? You haven't played it Coimbra. yet. It's fantastic, so. you'll love it. Okay. But it's, it, it's a crunchier game, and it can last about 45 minutes, 60 minutes. Uh, we're, we've played it a few times, so it goes a little faster. So after a game like that, we're like, ah, it's too, too late to watch a movie. Let's play another game. And she'll be like, let's play Azul or something. And Azul is not really a filler game, but, it, but we're, just, we're just filling a hole. So, I mean, it kind of, you know, that's the sort of thing. Whatever. Yeah. But Azul is also a game that you and Melissa have played a ton together. Oh, and exactly. you don't, there's no there's no it, space between turns. There's no as thought. a two player game, 
you know, mm -hmm. it is a fast game. Sure. If you guys are playing it all the time, mm -hmm. yeah. Azul is not, you know, if you're sure. playing with four players, it's not going to be a filler game. It's going to take you 60 minutes to get through, but two players. So, yeah. So I guess there, there's also, I guess there are some games that would be a two, like as a two player game, they're a filler game, but if they're a four player game, they're a full on game. Yeah. It's, it's right? a weird, like, be some of those. It's a weird really? judgment call for a, for a lot of it. So it's not really, you know, it's not like, let's talk about deck builders. It's just, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a very loose, a loosey goosey sort of thing. And the reason I, I mentioned it at all is, as a jumping off point for you and I is because mm -hmm. we play Tides of Time a lot. Right. And, and I haven't played Tides of Time. I've played it a lot with you and I've played it a lot with Melissa, but I haven't played it with a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's yeah. that's a game that you and I used to always play when you'd show up at my house early or I'd show up at your Quite house early and we'd just well, play about Tides of Madness. until other people showed up because it's a two-player game and it takes like 10 yep. minutes. Yeah, F that. And, uh, and yeah, and, and of and course... it's beautiful. It is. And you showed me Tides of Time and we play that, you know, over several weeks. And then one of the first small box games I bought was Tides of Madness because mm -hmm. I was, uh, you know, a lot of Cthulhu-themed games were coming out and I just wanted a similar game but not the same. And I, that was another game I actually brought down to the pub once in a while too. Again, same thing. One person would show up when we're waiting for other people to show up, bust it out, 10 minutes later, you're done. And, uh, and, and, a, and a fun game. And you could, or you could easily just, you know, uh, it's a game you could just deal and deal and play again and again and again if you, if you wanted to. And it, it, it's, I find it, I find it engaging enough that I could certainly play two or three, like a best of best of five or something for sure. Tides of time is, is, I mean, I think it's only like 18 cards, right? Tides of time, tides of madness. I don't even know if it's yes. 18 does. That does sound right. I was thinking it wasn't even that many, but now that I think about it, I think it might even be 21. Um, um, but tides it's of madness that. is 2016. They're both, they're both designed by Christian Curla. It's portal games. So, and again, I can't remember where portal games is, but so Love Letter, Love Letter came out in North America in 2012, and okay. it is sort of the, the first blueprint of 18-card games. And 18-card games kind of became their own genre. It became, okay. a, it became kind of a thing. And Love Letter is it's a, it's a ridiculously amazing filler game where you have a deck of cards. On your turn, you have one card in your hand, and you draw another card and decide which card to play. And then you just do whatever that card says. And you're basically just trying to eliminate people. And it takes, and it, it's a game of elimination, but it's a game that's so fast that you never, you never feel like, oh my God, I'm out of the game because there's, it just starts up again. And Tides of Madness is a, is a similar game where it's 18 cards played over three rounds where you're drafting cards, which is always fun. And the cards just score off of each other. And this is, this is similar to another of my favorite filler games. So you have 18 cards with beautiful paintings of scenery and you're, you're just reading how the cards in your hand score. So there'll be, I think there's seven suits. I think right? there's only four suits four or suits? at least in Tides of Madness. There are only four suits, I think. There's a bunch of suits and there's only so many cards per each suit. And each card will score, say, if you have more of those or if you have the most of those and, and they just, your whole game is trying to build a combination of cards that will score. And between rounds, you get to, you score your cards at the end of the round, and then you discard a card from the game, and you get to keep one card going into the next round. And then you draw two more cards, and you shuffle them, and then you draft them again. And eventually, right, so the you rounds run are shorter because you're, you're 
because there's less cards as, as the rounds go on. Well, you always have the same amount of cards in the round because you always draw two more from the deck that you haven't used yet. Oh, yes, right, 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 right. That, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, you're right, right. Yeah. Okay, yep. And yep. that's that's really similar to one of my other favorite filler games, except for the amount of cards, uh, Fantasy Realms. You've played Fantasy Realms. I don't know if I have or not. You have, yeah, you must have played Fantasy Realms. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't know I, if I have, Mitch. Remind me next time, and we'll play it. Because it, <laughs> sure. takes, it takes about 20 minutes, and it's... It's such a fun game. And yeah. that's, a, now, that's a full deck of cards. So it's just okay. a deck of cards. It's like 52 cards. But every card is different. And every card uh, scores off of another card. It's just all about building a hand. So you have seven cards. And on your turn, you draw a card and discard a card. And you do that until... And whenever you discard a card, you lay it out in a row. And once oh, there are yes. 10 cards discarded, the game's over. And yes, I have played this. Your score. Yeah, I'll, I'll, but once I think really quickly, and it was really, I, I barely remember, but that's, that rings a bell. Um, yeah, and, and that's, that's, that's kind of fun too. And, and it's, it's almost like a rummy with a, with a specialized deck that way. Sort of, way, except right? you're, never, you're never going, oh, I'm rummy. Right, right? Yes, You just course. play to the yeah. end, and you're always yeah. trying to just get that one more card to make everything work. And like some yeah. cards will cancel out other cards. So that right. one definitely has like seven or right. eight suits. So it's right. just different types of cards, and then each card has a value, and then uh, there's a type, and then the actual name of the card, and then the special power. And that special power will be, it'll score in combination with other cards, or it will right. cancel a certain type of card, or it'll right. cer- cancel unless you have certain other cards. So you're just searching for whatever works for your cards in your hand, and then you're discarding a card that doesn't work. You know, you can have a card in your hand that ruins every other card in your hand, and you just need to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm not doing any justice to it at all for, for what no, a fun no, I- game it is, but... It's it's got a fantasy theme to it, right? Which again, with so many times when there's a fantasy theme, might be limiting, and it would be great. Like this is the type of game that you could put another theme on it and sell it again as something yeah. else, and it would be yeah. just as fun a game because uh, it's it's sure. all in the in the just how the cards interact, right? You know, right. The theme is fun, like. Uh, Steve and I, when we started playing it, we would always try and tell a story as we as we laid our cards out to score until we got the app that you just got to punch in the different cards that you have, which was really fun. You got to drag and drop all the cards you had. And then we stopped right. trying to tell stories because we were just playing with the app to, to score. Right, but, right. But that is not is not crucial to the game at all. You're just, you're just reading your card and going, oh, I need to get another blue card to get 15 more points. Okay. So, but it's really fun. Super fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it rings a bell, and I think I have played it once, but it, it was a quite. Have you had it for quite a while, Mitch? Is that a game you've had for a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, and I, I just carry it around my pocket most of the time too. So, like, even uh, most of the times that I've been at your house for for Pathfinder and stuff too, right. It's been in my pocket. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, and maybe so you just pulled it out at, at at a certain point, and 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 we just played it once, either here or there, or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. If cool. people are lingering oh. and seem like they want to play oh. something, I might have brought oh. it up, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and t- Tides of Madness is very similar to Tides of Time. There's like, like so there's madness tokens or insanity tokens in there because it's Lovecraft, Lovecraftian, of course. Um, but um, I think there's one card in in the Tides of Madness which is a little different, and I don't even remember what it is now. It's been a while since I played that one. That that changes the rules in just such a slight way from the, the from the basic game. Um, 
well, there's, uh, there's a card I, in, in madness that gives you madness and it sort of layers on negative points or something, right? There's something, there's something I, that you I think keep there picking is, up in that. There's little tokens. Right. But something tells me, as I recall, and it's been a while, but there's a card, there's, it's kind of like a high-risk reward thing where you try to attempt to get the most madness that round. And if mm. you play that card, then you don't take the madness or, or someone else takes the madness. Anyway, maybe I'm, maybe I'm forgetting something, but I, I remember something about that. But anyway, it's, it, it's essentially the same game. And, um, you know, it, it's the, the tides of time is just like you say, beautifully illustrated for, for anyone. Whereas the, uh, the tides of madness has some, uh, creepy monsters as opposed to nice scenery. And creepy monsters. And, it was, uh, that was great that then I, I love that, that a different version of that game came out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's a game too, where, you know, they could have just rethemed it and it, and it would have been fine as it is, but they tried to try to change it up a bit too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's a little more than a than a reskin, not much more, but a little more. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, Biblios is another one that you and I have played a lot of, and a it's, ton of. A, I it's love a that twenty game. minute game. Uh, we talk about. I've talked about that game just recently. I think one of the last conversations I had with Steve, I was talking about Biblios because I picked it up in St. John, and I'd, I've been. Ex- I, I don't want to tell the story again, but I talk right. about that game a lot, and that's a it's a very fast game. It's a, it's a very quick auction game with where uh, I was talking with Melissa before because she she says she doesn't like auction games but but she, then you find auction games that you don't realize are auction games and right that's, yeah. and that's that's a game that you know you play it all the time and you never really realize that that's what it is it's an auction game but it is oh yeah the totally. whole the whole game is just an auction and but it's such a short fascinating little game and same with for sale. For sale. I don't know if you ever played for sale. Rob, that one. No, Rob has for sale. Uh, Rob and Melissa have that one, and it's it's another really quick auction game. And it's very similar, even even the breakdown of how the game works, where you play the first part of the game to get all the cards, and then you spend the second part of the game spending those cards to get the other cards. Right, which is like and, and exactly that's what how I... Biblius works, except for sale also has money, and uh, okay. it's a little yeah. different. That that, that two stage part of Biblios just. I love that. And the more I play it, like it's, I, I, sorry, I just grabbed my old phone here. Um, my retired iPhone, uh, that has my, um, you know, my board game stats app on that. I stopped. I think you're still, you're still tracking yours. I do believe, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, a nerd. yeah. And I was doing it for a while, but I, I kind of stopped around the time I, I stopped playing so much. And so I just, I was curious how many games of Biblios I've played. Now it's probably incomplete. I've we probably played a few times since, but it says here I've played twelve games. You have the highest score, and uh, yeah. Anyway, I was just curious. I thought I'd actually we'd actually played that more. It feels like we played that game more. Um, but I've played um, it twenty four times. Well, there you go. Yeah, and but you know I I don't know if you remember the first time you broke that out. I do believe we're waiting for Steve to come over. Well, that was for... part of the story that I told the last time. Okay. <laughs> on one of the last shows, I, I told the story about, about getting the game. I, and I feel bad about telling the exact same story again. Cause it was like yeah, last yeah. week or the week before. Okay. <laughs> and like, I bought the game. I'd been excited about getting the game. I read the rules in the car and thought this, this sounds terrible. And then yep. whenever you were over at the house, I said, yep. Dave, you got to play this game with me. I think it's terrible, but we got to find yeah, out. I remember I'm, you saying I'm that. really excited about it. Uh, and yep. we played it. And it blew our heads off. It was just like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe that was that much fun. And we played it again immediately. And yeah, it was yes, it's a hilarious game. Yeah. I love it. 
Yeah, it is, and it's been a while since we played it. I've, I've almost forgotten the, the subtle rules of it, and I think the last time I played it was the first time where I was really thinking about um, not so much what card I was putting in, but how. But if I was going to put a card in for the second round auction, how I was going to get it back. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it, it was more of the balance about like, how do I make sure I get the cards I want in the second part of the game as opposed to just making sure I get the cards that I want in the first part of the game. You know? When I started playing uh, that game, I, I think I had it backwards where, so the first part of the game, uh, well, there's five different <laughs> suits. There's five different colors. Yes. They all represent yes. uh, your, your monks amassing a book collection and stuff. And they all, they all sort of represent books or, or uh, ink or something. And there's yep. five different Deeper. dice that, that each have a value of three at the start of the game and you're playing for those dice. And that's the only points in the game is whatever the face value of the dice is at the end of the game. So at the beginning of the game, whoever's playing gets to look at a card one at a time, one for each player that's playing and one more. And one at a time you look at the card and decide if you want to keep it to yourself, give it to uh, the middle for the auction or hide it for the second half of the game's auction. It's not even an auction. It's a draft. So keep it for yes, yourself. It's a draft. Put right. it in, in for a draft for the other players or hide it for the auction. And, and that's, you do that for the whole deck. <laughs> and, then, and then each player does that on their turn. They go through, if we're playing with three players, you go through four cards, pick which one you want to keep for yourself. And you'll get to keep one and then pick which you want to do with the other three cards. And one of them is going to go in that pile and one for each player through the whole deck. And uh, if you're playing with more than two players, it's fun because then the next person gets to, to draft from that, that market that gets sort of laid out. And if you're only playing with two players, you're basically picking a card for yourself, picking a card for the other player and hiding one. And then right. at the, the end, you get to go through the other half of the deck that's all been hidden away and you spend the cards that you have to buy those cards. And at the end of that, you have uh, this little thing to score points where you decide who has the most of that color of cards left in their hands and what value are they. And the winner gets that color of dice. And again, I'm not explaining it in great detail, but it's such a simple game. And when I started playing that game, there were cards that had more value. And I intrinsically thought that those were worth more. So there's a brown and green dice whose card values there's only a couple of them and they go up to like seven and you're like well those have to be better and it got into my brain that the the blue and the green dice or the brown and the green dice were the most valuable in the game even though they're all three and they're all the same and you can manipulate each dice the same for some reason the the red the yellow and i don't know what the other color was uh felt like they weren't worth as blue. much because the cards didn't go as high and i changed uh some ways through playing the game a lot I changed the way I was thinking where that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which, which dice you're getting. It doesn't matter which cards. No. So. It doesn't matter what dice you're getting, but, but where it matters is basically um, if there are, and, and the, I was going to say it, it would be slightly different if you could count cards in oh, you do. Biblios, but of course, oh my gosh. but you do, That's but remember, you take so, but you take so many out randomly before the game starts. Sure. Yep. So, so there's always like, if you think like, okay, well, there's 16 red cards and I've got, you know, if you've got nine of them or, you know, half the value, sure, you know, you're going to capitalize on say the red dice, but if you're close and then, you know, you've got to weigh that option is like, is someone tying me or is there, 
you don't have to you don't have color. to keep track of what cards have been played you just have to keep track of the values so uh you basically you look at the there's a chart that you get to look at the whole game that shows right. you yeah. how many of each card there are and you basically you look at say the the red dice and you realize that half of the total value is this number so if you wanted to go after the red dice you just have to make sure you're as close or over that middle number as possible then no one can beat you so you you just have to pick sort of which dice you're at and you only have to count those numbers because it doesn't matter what the other ones are you're just you're right. just sort of trying to get rid of those so right you're just, you, any you decide which dice you want to get and you right. figure out what number you need to have to win those and then the rest of it is sort of just burying stuff, you know? Sure. If I, if and, I know that I, I have a card, like if I notice you're going after all the brown, then I can start burying the browns. Right. But you never really know what the other person's going after until round two. Oh, you, start, you start sort of seeing. Yeah, you, right. In the first round, you don't ever you, see their I cards mean, that they're keeping. You, but. you know what you've been giving them. But you get an idea because if you're discarding yellow cards to me all the time, then you're not going after that's yellow. That's true. That's true. If you're, yeah. you know, so there's in a multiplayer game that's a little easier to hide. Yeah, that's true. In a multiplayer game, it's a lot easier to hide. Yeah, it's definitely it, it changes the dynamic of the game once you got four sure. players. Yeah. It's, it's more fun, yeah. I think. It's because it's just sure. It, it's a and it's it's just a super fun game. Even as a two player game, it's super fun and it's fast and it's it's a very small you know, box. You played it's, it a couple times. It's very a thirty dollar game. Um, it's a great game. And the strategy. The strategy, I think, the more it's a it's a game that even though the rules are really really basic, I think the more we've played it, the more I've really thought about the the subtleties of the strategy of that game. Whether it's changing the values of the dice you know you're not going to get, or the ones you're likely going to get to a more positive roll, or just how many coins you keep for buying in the second round versus the cards you keep. And sometimes, like you say, if someone starts throwing you all the like, oh, I don't want those yellows, I'm going to throw you all those one yellows, and the next thing you know, you've got like you know, half of the number one yellows, and you only need a couple more points. Uh, it's amazing the variety, especially as you're trying to psych each other out the more you play with other players. I think there's there's all sorts of little subtle strategy things in that game that um, that if that if that was a game that, say, you and Melissa were playing or, like, two people were playing, you know, a game or two a day over, like, a month, I think by the end of the month, your, the strategies would subtly change and you'd realize how many kind of little tweaks you could put in the strategy of that game. And I think Even though the, the rules are simple. The fact that it's a filler game, uh, the fact that it's so small and so short and just fits uh, space. Mm -hmm. If you were to play that two or three times a day for a month, you'd be, you'd, you'd be done with it. I, I can't, oh, you're probably right. You're probably there's not probably it's a it's one of my favorite games but it's not one of my favorite games that i would want to play every day because because it's so simple mm -hmm. yeah you're probably right i not probably, i'm not it's, you know yeah it, it's just like like i said before before uh, i met you and steve largely my my habit for games was buy a game play it to death buy a new game play it to death and uh, it became very uh, opposite when when we started, especially when we first started doing the podcast, because it was like, all right, well, we each got nine new games last week. That's, so which one is? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? That's has has been for so long. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just since this recent huge boom, where now sure. now there's a thousand games a year. You right. Know, like, yeah. 
and there's for, an element of collection you, too for... you didn't know games existed you couldn't find games mm-hmm. it was now there yeah. now there are so many you it's hard to pick now sure. you have to go online and watch reviews to see if you, your 60 bucks is going to the right place you know absolutely which is which is cool too but but and and, and some like people i said will like still a... are still of the school of thought that i uh, like you know the chess sort of logic where if you want to play a game play it play that game you know like to be yeah, good yeah. at chess you basically have to study chess to be good at go that that's your life sure and, and like that's a really extreme example because those are their own <laughs> sure. cultures but yeah, absolutely but there's still that like magic the gathering was like that for a long time where sure people played yeah. magic cards and you didn't play other stuff much you know no 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 and, and well and, and, and that's, that's changing brings me back to where yeah and that brings me back perfect segue back and and i think with magic the gathering and and just in general um uh, a lot of board gamers these days and Magic the Gathering players back when I was an obsessive player, back when I was a student at Mount A and we used to play at CHMA in the lobby, my God, Friday afternoons would be a half a dozen of us sitting sitting in front of the old record library and in the old student union building and uh, and playing Magic till dark some nights and, and beyond some other nights. Um, but it was that element of collection. You know what I mean? And I think board game, a lot of board game players tend to have that weird obsessive uh, collection, um, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, just that obsession with collecting things. Here's a, I don't know. what. Here's a ridiculous anecdote to go with that obsession and collection. Uh, we, were sure. talking, we were talking earlier today about uh, smoking and quitting smoking. Right, mostly. yeah, that was funny. No, I don't know how we got into that, but that was funny. But one time I quit smoking was in 1995. So sure. I think it was the year that Ice Age came out. Okay, yep. It's around, it's around there. It's right around Homelands and Ice Age, I think. But I quit smoking, and so I had extra money, which is, I'm making air quotes, <laughs> because I right. don't have extra money. But my brain is saying, well, you were buying a pack of smokes a day. Why not buy a booster pack a day? And that was sure. that's, that's the logic that your brain sort of tricks into. So I latched on to magic right when I quit smoking and I would go and I would buy two and then three and then four booster packs like a day just, wow. just for fun. Right. Just to open them up. And yeah. that's, that was the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. excitement of, of magic really was opening right. those cards but it was, and seeing it what was you feeding got. that addiction. It was and feeding that, that weird addiction in a weird way. It was like a placebo. I did that so much and I played with my friends and, and never played in tournaments, never played anywhere else. Right. So years later, I actually tried to sell my collection, uh, and right. the guy at the store was like a complete jerk to me saying that I was trying to trying to screw him over because I've obviously sold all of the good cards. And I was like, right. I don't know what you're saying to me. And he said, well, obviously you've, you've let somebody else go through and take out all the good cards. And now you're trying right. to sell me your garbage. And I'm like, I have, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're implying here, but basically the, yeah. the logic was, I can't have this bad a collection of cards. I had like 3000 cards and they can't be all garbage, but I never traded with anybody. I never bought anything. I never played for cards. I just got booster packs and and collected them in a binder. And And I was probably really bad at it. This guy thought that I obviously got rid of all my good cards whenever I just never had any good cards. Sure. Well, or, or, well, that might be the case or, but, but you probably had some good cards mixed in there that you didn't realize were probably expensive. Maybe. Well, I don't know if he was, maybe he was trying to buy the, like, buy them off me cheaper, but I just, I was right. like, whatever, yeah. you know, you're, you're calling me yeah. a liar. 
because sure. he was telling me yeah. that I had obviously let somebody else take all the good cards. And I was saying, this, sure. this is it. This is all I have. And so I left. This but the I good have. thing about that was that was, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. So this last couple of years, I was able to then go through and sell what maybe was garbage then for hundreds of dollars now. And like, I uh, turned, not funny. I turned yeah. stacks of, of what was worth nothing 10 years ago into like six new board games. So. No, there you go. Last, last thing on Magic: The Gathering. It's it's interesting because I, like I said, I played back in the in the nineties when I was a student, and uh, and then I hung on to the carrot cards for years and maybe busted out and played a game here or there. I on a rainy day, I you know resort the cards and try to rebuild some decks and never really got around to it. And then um, my ex wife and I uh, got the uh, Magic two thousand thirteen for PlayStation three, and I'd been trying to convince her to play magic for a long time and wasn't really that interested and then we she played it on the playstation 3 and when the computer was doing all the math and reading the rules and resolving all of the the order of things really clearly um and there's still some bugs in it um and then we ended up going out for christmas and buying each other the 2013 big box of like you know, a, a starter deck and a bunch of boosters and things like that. And then I broke out all my old cards and integrated them all and uh, got into it for quite a bit. And then when I moved here to Sackville, um, I, I had all the cards, all, all hers and her, she just left them all. And so I had them all. And, and a, But she got in touch with me and said a friend of hers was looking for magic cards from a specific period in time. Like 2000 and say, I don't know. Or, or say, yeah, say um 97 and before or something like that and a lot of my cards were from that so i went through whatever cards i had and i did a little bit of looking around and i had a couple of cards and a lot of them weren't worth much but i think i got like 150 bucks for 150 cards i think i i think i sold them for like uh or maybe it was like 10 cents a card i think i is what we agreed on 10 or 15 cents a card because i couldn't be bothered and but i i think after the fact like um he looked into a few of them and I think he told me something along the lines of that, like, you know, uh, it was probably a fairly, he probably got a little bit better value, but he was actually one of them for his collection to play. Yeah. Whereas for me, they were sitting in a box, but, um, uh, yeah, anyway, that's a black Lotus. You're fine. No, I never had a black Lotus. No, no I don't think I've ever like seen 20, a black 000 Lotus. or $80,000 or something. Yeah, honestly, that's, that's why I was never very good with my comic books. They were, I mean, I still have quite a few comic books, but they're not in great condition. Steve would be aghast to hear this uh, because I bought comics to read them and I bought magic cards to play them. And I was never like to collect them was fine. But as for a, some kind of cash value to put in a sleeve and never look at, uh, was just not something I was ever. My magic cards survived. Uh, they got left in a cabin on the property of my parents' place for years and pack rats got in and like chewed up all the boxes of everything I owned. Oh no. Somehow didn't chew up, they like, chewed on the boxes of the, right. like, those big corrugated cardboard uh, sure. deck boxes and they chewed the outsides of those, but, but they didn't get to the cards. The cards. And oh, it was like a time capsule. I got them back eventually yeah. and yeah. sold them for money. It was great. I still yeah. have, I still have like a thousand and like, I was going to say, did you keep some? Like, yeah, anyway. I, I don't well, know that yeah. I can make a, a decent deck of any kind anymore, but you don't have to anymore. Now you can buy, they no. did that, what the... You can buy ready-made decks. 2019 yeah. and the 2020, like the new core uh, set, uh, they, they do ready-made decks and, and like they sell them in like dueling packs so you can get two ready-to-go decks. Yeah, and, I've seen these. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. And and honestly, for me, I mean, Ma Magic the Gathering is not something I'm going to spend a lot of time with, so I wouldn't buy any more cards now. But like I said, for, for for especially someone like yourself who's played the game before, I'd love to whip up a dozen decks. So if we've got five minutes, you know, I just keep them in my pockets. And, you know, keep a couple in my jacket pocket. And if we, we have a few minutes, hey, you want to play Quick Duel? So Richard that's Garfield, what I like to do with Magic. Uh, last year or the year before, Richard Garfield put out a new game called Carnival of Monsters. That is right. uh, um, something I just read the other day that was clicked back on where somebody said it, it plays familiar to, to Magic, where mm -hmm. one of the things I had read when it first came out, people were complaining because it, it was too random where you need these particular, basically, lands to come out mm -hmm. before you can do certain things. Sure. And, and I thought, oh, that, that sounds like it's kind of broken. I sort of dismissed it. And then I read this guy's note the other day saying that it, it plays similar to Magic where you're waiting for your, your lands to come out to give you mana to be able to power your cards. And it sort of works the same way in this game, I guess. But right. I don't know enough about it. I didn't look up uh, Carnival of Monsters. Right. It's, it's a neat little game that seems to have fallen off the radar with so many games okay. coming out. Uh, his came out. There was it, a little bit of fanfare, and then it it seemed to fall flat. So I don't know. Was this another collectible card game? No, no, or was no, this not at all. It's a, more it's static a, in a box. It's yeah, a okay. box. It's just. I'd a be box more game. interested in that because yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just just for for, for money. <laughs> Steve and I bought Keyforge decks, and we've never we've yet to play it. And Keyforge okay. is is like a magic game, except instead of being collectible card games, they have algorithms printing unique decks. So you'll never okay. be able to get the same, and the, and you can't combine them. So you can't buy a deck and oh. then trade cards. You right. buy a deck, and that deck is it. That's it. And it's okay. completely That's unique, and right. the names are different. Like so, it's it's got algorithms pulling the names of the houses and everything, changing the logos, uh, cool. so that they're completely unique. And uh, they're on like the third or fourth printing now, where they've they've done a new set each time. Mm -hmm. But we haven't played mm -hmm. it yet. Uh, yeah. It's it's yeah. a new huge tournament game and right. I'm not doing right. it any justice. No, probably not. Oops. Anyway, sorry to derail the whole thing on deck uh, on magic and I, I don't know. I, I we haven't talked a whole lot. I mean, yes, we touched on filler games, but uh, yeah, we're, we keep coming back to them. That's so true. I think we are staying more or less on topic. I think, uh, Mitch. Well, th that was the, that was the argument that I was going to say with with Magic the Gathering. Yeah. I don't I don't think it fits that topic. It's uh, it's... it's it's too big. For one, for one, yeah. the and I know it's different now, and I haven't played it. I, we, you and I have played it with uh, Planeswalker Rules. Uh, was mm -hmm. the last time I played it, and then I hadn't played it like ten years before that. And when I started right. playing it, you needed we played with with a third person to to referee because uh, the interrupt oh. rules were very awkward at the time. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Can't remember what edition that was, but it's right right around Ice Age. If anybody is curious, and there was a real lot of cards that caused confusion as to uh, timeline uh, yeah. effects. So there was always we got, always had one sort of judge who would sit and sort of make a determination and wow. go through the rules as fast as they could and go, okay, well that's gonna that's that will interrupt this card, and you can't, you know, mm -hmm. so. Uh, yep. and that's not very fillerish. There's whenever there's that no. much legal work going on, <laughs> and that's probably yeah. all no. And the, I don't know. Yeah, well, they got rid of the interrupts, and they're either instants or sorceries. So that certainly is. And like again, the video game helps clear that up. But even though I mean, it takes me an hour to play a four-player 
game chase against three computer players uh, on the PlayStation 3. I still boot it up once in a while, actually. But uh, but all I was, it, it's only a filler in the fact that uh, if I had ready-made decks and you knew someone could play, you could play a one-on-one heads-up hmm. game fairly quickly in Magic if you know the deck. But anyway, you're and right. you could it play with, like, 30-card decks. Uh, you, they'd be pretty short. But, yeah, I guess exactly. you could. There's nothing... I. You know, I mean, the rule the rules say sixty play, minimum, but you you could. You want to play yeah. a fast game? <laughs> talk about talk, talk about a tight out. deck, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, one tie in the one thing that I, idea is sure. is that some filler games that that we've played uh, mm-hmm. have been too fun. Where yeah, oh, we got we got a new game. Let's try this game. It's a twenty minute game, and then we'll play something else. And then you play that all night. Yeah. Right, like when Code that Names came out, Code Names is a twenty-minute game, and and you start playing that with a group of people, and you're going to play it for like an hour and a half, two hours, because it's just sure. everybody's going to want to try being the code breaker guys and and being on the other side and trying to come up with the clues we'll and like yep. everything. It's just going to keep going. Same with Avalon. When we first cut Avalon, uh, mm-hmm. it we were just like the first night we played Avalon, we were just gonna we're just gonna try. It was going to 15 minute game. We'll just give it a try. And then we played it for three hours, just over and over and over again. Cause it was ridiculous. So sometimes filler games just take over the whole night. They do. They're, they do. And um, that's absolutely true. Um, the one thing I was, I was going to say um, uh, as well. Uh, and it's, it's not really, it's just going back to a thought I had uh, not really continuing the one you, you were coming up with, but when we're, when we're talking about the topic there briefly the other day, um, I'd kind of gone through my shelf and I kind of said, okay, well, that's a filler game and that's a small game. And I made a kind of list here, but the one thing I didn't put on that list, which we've played me and you, I think solo, and we've probably played it with a third player. I'm thinking Steve, maybe once or twice, which I think is a filler game, but it's a smaller version of a bigger game is jump drive. Oh yeah. That's, that's a great idea. Uh, yeah. Ju- that's a, that's a whole episode. A whole episode would be talking about uh, that whole series jump drive, race roll and race yep. for the galaxy and roll for the galaxy and mm-hmm. uh there's, and there's another new, one there's too, a right? new one now which so that 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 game starts with puerto rico right so oh puerto, really puerto rico is the genesis uh for all you're of that. kidding me so is that right because i played puerto rico years and years ago what long before i played uh any of these games and i i don't remember i don't remember that correlation at all. I'm, okay. I, anyway, go ahead. So Puerto Rico is an action selection game mm-hmm. where, where you can automatically, if you start thinking about that, you start seeing where that similarity is. But uh, they wanted to make a card game out of it. And I don't remember the designer for Race for the Galaxy, but he um, came up with Race for the Galaxy as the card game version of Puerto Rico. But they ended up going with somebody else's design for the card game version of Puerto Rico, which is maybe San Juan. I'm not. I'm not sure. If yes, that's I do right. believe it is. Yes. Uh, yeah. So then he reskinned, rethemed his idea into Race for the Galaxy, oh. and then Race for the Galaxy became Roll for the Galaxy. And uh, as you know, they're nobody else knows. I'm not. We're not describing the game, but they're very icon heavy. So then Jump Drive came out as almost a way to teach uh, Race for the Galaxy. But then the new game that came out is the board game, which I can't remember what it's called, is uh, is Puerto Rico. So uh. he, he got in <laughs> touch with the, the Puerto Rico uh, designer again, and they talked kind about of reversed. it, and they, and they put out the Race for the Galaxy universe, 
and and change some of the ideas, or whatever. But it's it's basically uh, it's a full circle return awesome. to it's it's a Puerto Rico space right. sort of thing. Is yeah. is how I understand Rico, it. Right, and Puerto Rico, as I recall, that, that has some. It's problematic as a game, is it not? Because of some of the this is like it's, it, it's, this is one of the games that uh, is always right on the edge of of uh, diversity issues where one of the yeah. one of the resources in the game they say in the rules is uh, settlers basically but the uh, tokens for them are just little brown cubes and and people are basically i mean it's basically comes across slave. as a slavery game where yeah. you're yeah. you're you're using your slave resources to build the rest of the game so it's a it's a very uh, strong colonial theme in the game absolutely and, and the just the way the game is produced makes it uh, very skewed, and it, it's, right. I think it's a big issue for a lot of people. That and I, sure. we haven't so the, played it because the, because whenever we we got the game for like a dollar from the thrift store, and I've never even punched, punched the game out yeah. because I you know I, I have troubles. I struggle with how I feel about that concept. As soon as you bring it up, mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. in in the crowd uh, will say, "Well, well, you know, I don't want to play a slavery sort of game," you know, and that's yeah, and it's yeah. it's poignant. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's sure. sat on our shelf. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to someday play it because I want to know uh, what the game is. But mm-hmm. well, I mean, it needed maybe, a retheme. So the space theme sure. is the way to go. I think it's great, and it totally gets 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 you away from that that those problematic issues. Uh, because as I recall, and I played Puerto Rico, God, my God, I'm th- I'm thinking 15 years ago, probably, Mitch. Uh, it was one of the first board games I played with a group of friends in St. John's when we were playing basically Carcassonne and, and Catan. And, and this was one of the early, early games that they had. And uh, I remember it being very, very fun. And I wasn't, I wasn't really kind of thinking about that. You know, I was just learning a new game and all this kind of stuff. And then at the end of the game, one of the other people in the game was like, you know what, this is like, this is like a really thin gloss over the whole slavery issue, eh? And I think all of us, like the rest of us around the table, just had this weird awakening moment, and I don't think we ever played the game again. Strangely enough, it's got a reissue. It's got a and a and a, and a what do you call it? A niceified version in sure. 2011, yeah. but I don't know an updated version. It's got a, yeah, deluxified. I guess that's Santa, what you call it. it. Came with coins okay, yeah. and oh, um, I see. But I'm not sure if they really Dealt addressed the addressed the colonial. Uh, issues yeah. in the game because it's I mean anyway you're gonna you can't really get away from them what the game is about sure. so I don't know right yeah and uh, I mean the other resources in the game are what like sugar and cocoa and coffee yeah anyway I, I don't remember it's been a long time since I played it but that's really interesting uh, I never really I know, made that I know that, they carefully that, skirt that the issue in the rule book you right know? they they specifically right. yeah. say it's yeah. it's you're bringing in workers from yeah. They don't. Yeah, they don't say enough. you're using local slave trade. You're they're the settlers right. that are. So I know they right, try yeah. and skirt the issue, but and it's there. It's there. But, and just just because you say it's not in the rule book doesn't mean that it's not going to give that impression to people because most board Absolutely. games tend to be uh, an oral history, right? People sure. tend to learn games from other people, not mm-hmm. because they went and read through the rule books themselves. So even if you put That's a disclaimer true. in your rule book saying we don't mean it like this, people yeah. aren't going to read that and people aren't necessarily going to uh, pass that along as. That's right. So. Yeah. That's interesting. 
Yeah, no, that's really interesting and really good points. Um, I would like to play that game again with a reskin, though, and I, and, I, and with the with the jump drive race and roll for the galaxy theme. I think that would be really good because, as you might remember, I I really struggled with race for the galaxy. I I, I played it a bunch of times with you and Steve, and I like but the game was over before I knew what was going on. I was sitting there with cards, going like, I don't know what I'm doing, and then um, we tried it a few times, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it, and then. You showed me roll, and that made it a little easier. But when you bought me Jump Drive, I'm pretty sure you, you guys gave it to me for my birthday a few years ago, and it could also be played solo. Yeah. So I sat down, and That's I learned the official. game. So I found you uh, solo rules right, from a BGG post. Uh, it's so not, you did. not official so you did. solo rules. No, but you did print them and put them in with the gift. So I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the rules came with it. For me, they did. But, but um teaching that game solo was a way for me to slowly wrap my brain around something. And I still don't know what it was. I, my brain was having a disconnect with those games and jump drive helped me. And, and I know, like you were saying, they were, these games came out to kind of simplify the games for people who are having trouble with the game. So I know it, no, I wasn't the only one, but I would really love to go back and play race for the galaxy. Now after, well, maybe a couple of games of jump drive to warm up, but I really would like to go back and play Race for the Galaxy in the in the in the near future, um, just because I think I would enjoy the game more now because I have like the iconography down and I kind of got the got the got a better sense of how the game works. So that uh, that whole series is Thomas Lehman, and it's on Real right, Grand so Games. Is. And the the new game is New Frontiers, which came out in 2018, and that's the one that okay. sort of comes full circle back to the board mm-hmm. game. New Frontiers. Uh, he also has a he also has a game called Res Arcana that came out a couple of years ago that Oh, I've heard of that one as well. I that's another one. It's 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 like a $45 game. It's not a filler game. Uh, I think it's a card drafting game. I think it has ah, I don't I I'm just guessing at this point. I remember uh reading it, being excited about it and it's on my list. I've I've also stopped buying games uh, recently due to financial whatever's sure. uh but that's on my list eventually. Res Arcana. Mm-hmm. This is I'm gonna have to. Uh, that's it. I was. Uh, we, uh, was fast... Oh my god! We're oh, at an man. hour already. I, I I I had like we didn't even touch backgammon, and we no. were gonna have a whole discussion on backgammon. So no. well, you'll be back. back some you'll time. be back. Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. And 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 uh, are and we like are we? My side of, of that was no backgammon. It's not a filler game. Right. Right. <laughs> One of the so, reasons I well, think backgammon is not a filler game is because it's it's a game where uh, you play in sets now. You don't play just one game of backgammon. It's that's too yeah. fast for people. So you play best of three, best of five, you know? So sure, but you don't that, have that to. Thing. Yeah, I know. You could you could play it. You could knock it off. But yeah, yeah. It, I yeah. think cool. eh, people will get so you how many times do you play just one game of backgammon? It's like Avalon uh, and, and the other one. Once you start, yeah, that's your it's afternoon. True. It's true. It's true. Especially and it, especially yeah, especially if it's it's close and you're going back and forth, like it's, and that's five thousand yeah, right. years of history. So we're not going to be able to do that in three minutes. No, definitely not. Definitely no. not. Uh, funny enough, though, uh, uh, speaking about going back in history, um, due to a podcast, I have to say uh, I've been um, uh, another po- another podcast I'm listening to has been talking about the the great storytelling in Lost. So I started going back and watching the TV series Lost, and of course, in the very first season. Uh, one of the early episodes, Locke is on the beach and he finds a backgammon set and he talks about how it's one of the oldest games in the world. And that scene kind of sets up like, because I've only watched the whole series once all the way through, but that one scene sets up like a whole season later on in Lost that I haven't got back to yet. 
And I'm, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the series, but anyway, no, but I bought the entire box set because I thought Mm -hmm. it was a board game at a garage sale. Oh, and it it it. was not a board game and we're not going to watch it. That's too much a commitment for a movie. Like I'm, Everybody I talk to that likes that says, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have to watch that. Really? Really? Well. People who loved it. <laughs> I, could, I could bring on a guest in this show who's local who will tell you that it's the best show ever and why. And Have I got a deal for him? Her. Her. Hmm. Her. Her. Yep. She want to yep. box that? Uh, she's lent me her box set right now uh, to watch. So she is, it, is it the pyramid <laughs> one with the game in it? Oh no, I don't think so. This was uh, a, I'd buy that one off you though, because this, was this after, is just a. Th- this was after the series the ended, box. and they put okay. out this pyramid box that is like an okay. escape room. So there's stuff hidden all over it, and one of the the best oh. part about it is that before it's released, they kept hinting that they were going to do all these behind the scenes and extra features, and then people got excited and bought this box, and they were all pissed because it wasn't in there. Oh, but it was no way. hidden in the box. Oh, and you had no to way. find it. Yeah. Ah, I love it. I so love it's really cool. It. If you still have that and you're if yeah, you still have that and you're not interested in it, sure. I will I will purchase that from you one of these days. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, All right. Good good to talk to you, Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good well, see, I, you, I blended right in. Obviously, <laughs> you, you didn't even know that I wasn't your regular cohort here. Great to see you, Mitch. Great to talk to you. And it's uh, I'm glad we're uh, getting to spend a little more time together because uh, we don't get to see each other enough anymore. See you later, Dave. See you. See you, Mitch.